everything turn, turn, turn. There is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. Good morning. I'm your host, Keith Dixon, and thanks for tuning in. The name of the program is Turn, 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 and the idea being that to every song, there is a season. The purpose of this hour is to play songs that embody the current season. It's summertime, and we'll be playing songs from Joni Mitchell, The Clash, and Tom Petty. But first, we'll be starting with a song from a San Francisco band that released two albums and one EP that were instantly considered modern indie classics. The band Girls was comprised of two key components, with songwriter and lead singer Christopher Owens providing the essence and substance, while bassist and producer J.R. White provided the sonic landscapes. Their music feels timeless, incorporating 60s doo-wop and shimmering surf guitars, 70s laser light rock, and 80s spacey shoegaze into their infectious yet vulnerable sound. As writer Anna Valesco put it, quote, girls with their heart on their sleeve romanticism, rock and roll excess, and air of sincere tragedy felt different. Tragic songs with a sunny sound, end quote. Owen's lyrics were full of tales of heartache, hard drugs, loneliness, and the yearning for love. Owens and White would become housemates by chance, and they would form a friendship, and eventually girls. Over the years, they would both suffer from drug addiction, and eventually their relationship would become strained. Sadly, the band broke up via email simply because they couldn't keep a touring band together. Owen stated, quote, Over three years, we had 30 people play live with us. That means three years down the road, I'm teaching some new person who has just joined at the last minute how to play Lust for Life again, end quote. What's even more tragic is the finality of it all, as White passed away from a cardiac event in 2020 at the age of 40. The Owens went on to release a couple of albums after Girls disbanded. They just don't have the same spark. It seems as if the partnership sound was codependent on two halves of its creative members. This is Jamie Marie.
was the happy mondays with olive oil from 1987 squirrel and g-man 24 hour party people plastic face card smile whiteout which i believe just about sums that up 
Up next, we'll be featuring a song from the reigning monarch of Nigerian juju music, an artist who was instrumental in exposing Afropop to a larger Western audience, which in turn helped shine a spotlight on other international acts around the world. As Britannica states, quote, the principal progenitor of juju music was palm wine music, a syncretic genre that arose in the drinking establishments of the culturally diverse port cities of West Africa in the early decades of the 20th century. In Nigeria's port of Lagos, palm wine music was foremost a song tradition. Roughly, it was a coupling of the melodic and rhythmic contours of European hymn singing with the textual aesthetics of Yoruba, proverb, and praise singing, all performed to the accompaniment of a banjo or guitar and a gourd shaker. Palm wine music would morph into juju music with the addition of its most distinctive instrument, the talking drum, as well as call and response choruses, additional guitars and accordions. But King Sonny Addy and his African beats took that a step further when making 1982's juju music by adding synthesizers and limb drums. Actually, it was his keyboard player and producer, Martin Messonier, who added these instruments to Addy's already established sound. You see, Addy was already a star in Nigeria, with his own record label and nightclub to perform. He also had a track record of releasing three to four albums a year, starting in 1967. So when Chris Blackwell, the owner of Island Records, came a knocking, Addy figured it was a chance to bring his music to a larger audience and agreed to record for the legendary label. The reason that Blackwell sought out Addy was due to the fact that the label's megastar, Bob Marley, had just passed away and he was looking to fill a large gap in his roster. In 1990, the New York Times would credit Juju Music with having launched the world beat movement in the United States, a topic that we covered a number of shows ago when we discussed Lizzie Mercier de Clore. The paper would describe Addy's music as, quote, echoes of old reggae in its lean guitar riffs. Salsa in its Yoborian drum patterns, country in the steel guitar playing, dub in the music's wide open holes, folk and calypso in its gentle singing, and the Grateful Dead in jazz in its long jams, end quote. And there is no doubt that this music can get quite heady, with its hypnotic polyrhythms, funky grooves, and spacey dub noodling. It's a world-conquering album that showcased a new world of sound. This is... 365 is my number, the message. Is my number down. 
Call me, darling, that's my number. Tell me anything you want from me. Only you have to give your love to me. This is that is my number, darling.
BFF.FM. Best frequencies forever. Up next, we'll be featuring a song from an artist who made an album that was fueled by her resentment of being an outsider in a male-dominated music scene. That artist was Liz Fair, and the album was her 1993 debut, Exile in Guysville, a bona fide lo-fi and indie rock masterpiece. In 1990, Fair graduated from Oberlin College, and after a short stint living in San Francisco, she returned home to her parents' house in the suburbs of Chicago. While at home, she would write and record three cassettes worth of confessional bedroom pop songs using a four-track tape recorder, and would pass the tapes to a few close friends under the name Girly Sounds. The tapes would circulate and eventually make it into the hands of independent label owner John Henderson. After a failed attempt to record with Henderson, the tapes finally made it to Gerald Coslow, the head of Matador Records, and Fair was given an advance to record an album. At this time, the Windy City's DIY music scene was having a cultural moment. As writer Jess Skolnick wrote, quote, In 1993, if you loved underground music, Chicago was a special place to be. Abrasive post-punk and indie rock crossed paths frequently with the city's vital free jazz scene. There were regular house music nights at rock bars. All across the city, there was a sense of musical playfulness and a lack of desire to be pigeonholed, end quote. Ground zero for the music scene was the neighborhood of Wicker Park, an industrial space that had begun to be gentrified in the late 80s by artists, filmmakers, and musicians. The tight-knit scene of musicians included Tortoise, The Jesus Lizard, Breeze Gloss, Mule, Mouse, and Mekons. It was a guy-dominated scene, and Fair, being an outsider wishing to break in, was hyper-aware of this, even going so far to name the scene Guyville, after an Urge Overkill song. As Amanda Patusic writes, quote, Somewhere along the way, Fair had the idea to model Exile in Guyville after the Rolling Stones' Exile on Main Street, though its homage was more theoretical than explicit. She was responding at first to the vague but salient idea of the Stones as a kind of bastion of louche male insouciance and to the hegemony of the rock canon more generally, end quote. Fair hoped that Guyville would be her golden ticket into the scene, but instead it was more like a Trojan horse, drawing a negative response from the Chicago scene due to the critical acclaim it received. We'll be featuring the lead single from Guyville, a parallel or response to the Stones' Main Street track, Tumbling Dice. Fair had this to say about it, quote, This was just kind of like about the music scene and how catty it was. People were always getting upset about something that someone had said about their band or whatever the latest gossip was. To me, I love the way the song is speaking in a rock shorthand, like, I ain't done nothing wrong, I never said nothing, end quote. This is Never Said. Oh, no. 
Friends are doing All it. Your friends are doing All your friends are doing it. 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 Best frequencies forever. We'll be closing out the program with a song from the hillbillies of Muswell Hill, North London, that is. In 1977, the Kinks were coming out of a period that critics had come to call their theatrical period, after they had released four concept albums in little more than two years. In fact, it was just one day long of being two years to the day, with Preservation Act 1 released on the 16th of November 1973, and Schoolboys in Disgrace released on the 17th of November 1975. With album cycles today typically taking years to complete, the Brothers Davies' rapid-fire succession of albums 14 years into their career is all the more impressive. 1977's Sleepwalker would kick off what the critics would dub the band's arena rock period, which would be defined by Ray Davies' adherence to writing songs in a more traditional rock format, as well as the band recording with slicker and more mainstream production techniques. As for Ray's lyrics, 
He always had a reputation for putting a mirror up to British culture and lifestyle, pinning humorous character studies and wry observational sketches that were colored with wit, wisdom, and ruefulness. Ray's brilliance lay in, well, A, his knack for writing a bloody good riff atop an expertly crafted pop tune, but also B, his innate ability to write about both the mundane and profound in a straightforward way that deeply resonates with listeners. Life Goes On is just one example of many in his oeuvre. The song begins with the narrator describing, in an almost detached way, how his friend committed suicide after his girl ran off along with his best friend, stating, It was such a tragedy, but that's the way it's gotta be. The narrator admonishes that, Life goes on, it happens every day, so appreciate what you got before it's taken away. Life will hit you when you're unprepared, so be grateful and take all that you can while you're there. It's an ode to the Roman poet Horace's Latin aphorism Carpe Diem, a rallying cry to seize what is left of your days and live every moment to the fullest as the future is uncertain. Or as Ray puts it, get that frown off your head because you're a long time dead. It must be stated that this life philosophy is easy to adhere to when you live in a free and stable society that is, for the most part, free of oppression and control. Our thoughts are with the Afghan people during this time. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in.
inside I turned on the gas but then I soon realized I hadn't settled my bill so they cut off my supply No matter how I try it seems I'm too young to die 